Welcome to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth podcast with your host, Chris Durow. Years ago, Chris was a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow, and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives and works in Burlington, Ontario, and runs an advisory practice named Three Hats Financial. Let's get to it. Welcome to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth with Chris DeRoe of Three Hats Financial. I'm Patrice Sikora. Now, Chris, you have a guest, Dr. Elias Marcoux, ND, a naturopathic doctor. Why don't you tell us about Dr. Marcoux's background and what we're going to talk about today. Thanks, Patrice. Yes, we've got my friend Dr. Marcoux on today, which I'm really excited to speak about, speak with. I've known Dr. Marcoux for over 15 years now. I've also been a patient of Dr. Marcoux's. I'll, in a second here, I'll let him introduce himself because he'll be able to do that much better than I can with his extensive background. But what we're going to be talking about today is with the current circumstances, obviously, you just took a huge chunk of the population and you forced them to learn really quickly how to work from home. So there's many people now completely out of the routines and going from bedroom to living room and some potentially staying in their pajamas all day to be working from home. And with that comes a lot of good and bad. And today we just wanted to touch with a professional on tips on how we can still stay very healthy mentally and physically from home. Dr. Marcoux, I'll let you fill us in on your background. Wow. Thank you, Patrice and Chris. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. And, you know, I'm hoping to bring my 18 years of experience and care with my patients to this uh, probably very important topic this time. I was a former firefighter who had my own health issues early on in my career and decided at that point to pivot and go to naturopathic college and study naturopathic medicine. So I am a naturopathic doctor licensed in Ontario. And a lot of the times people will say to me, you know, what does a naturopathic doctor do? And pretty much I, I sum it up into like one simple sentence. I use natural treatments to heal the body. And those natural treatments can be anything from a vitamin, a mineral, lifestyle changes like nutrition, and like our topics today, we do a lot of counseling, a lot of mental health counseling, helping people figure out physically how to be healthy. So the topic we're going to talk about today and the issues we're going to get into are right down my alley. And I'm excited to share my information with you. Thanks, Elias, for filling us in on that. One thing I'll touch on is one of my first encounters with you, I'll never forget. It just showed me initially the power of naturopath medicine. And that was with my son, Chase. I remember this is a long time ago, went to the doctor and doctor said, okay, we got to put tubes in his ears. And I was a little devastated because I'm like, oh, my little, little boy is going to have to be sedated and put tubes in his ears. And I remember coming to you and you were like, well, you looked at him and you're like, you know what? We'll just cut a few things out of his diet. There's no harm to this. Let's just try it. And sure enough, we did it. Went back to the doctor. I forget how many weeks after that, Doctor looks in his ears and goes, this kid doesn't need tubes in his ears. He's good. So I just remember that was one of my initial experiences with it. And I was like, wow, this is really powerful stuff that a lot of people just aren't aware of. So I just wanted to throw that in because I remember how important that was to me. So let's touch on the first thing that we want to speak about is mental health. Maintaining your mental health is important most days. But of course, now with people working from home, 
they're missing out on things like those little impromptu encounters with and conversations with coworkers, which they may not feel is even that important on a regular basis. But once you've been working from home for quite a while, you start almost longing for those human interactions, especially yes. if you have a house full of kids, kids like mine, where you just want adult conversations. I'll let you touch on some tips for that. What's interesting about what's going on right now in society where everybody has moved into the into their home environment and that's now their office, their home, where they sleep, where they eat is it's often difficult to like compartmentalize and divide the space in terms of my workspace and my home space. But there are ways that you can go about doing that. And speaking and having conversation, they still could be integrated, but we're, we're often caught in this kind of idea is now our life has changed and now we have to figure out what this new norm is. You can actually still go back to use some of the strategies you use to have a conversation with an adult and take a break and get out of the house. Definitely, there are many strategies that I'm going to share and touch upon as we go on and talk about kind of the mental health aspect of, of this. Dr. Marku Patrice here. A lot of people that I've been talking to, in the beginning, they would do their work, but then they would go and sit in front of the television to try and get some kind of yes. interpersonal connection. It doesn't sound like this would really be very healthy. No, that, that, that I call that the trap. And a lot of people will go back to watching the news and maybe getting their favorite binge watch episode on Netflix. And that, that's not a good, good idea. What we need to start looking at is scheduling. I, I think what's key here is you need to start your day by setting up a key schedule like you would for your kids and dinner and, and other aspects of life and, and start to kind of play that out. I wanted to share with you guys, the first thing is, People are going to wake up and get into the routine. You're obviously going to look at how you're going to structure your family and then, and then get into the work aspect of your day. The biggest thing I always say is you need to begin your day by planning your breaks. When are your breaks going to happen? Because usually, you know, we need to look forward to that. There are a couple of studies that came out of the University of Illinois and the University of Amsterdam where they looked at that you need to break your day up in 50-minute blocks. They showed that in 15 minutes, you were the most productive. As you get closer to the 50 minute mark, you start to kind of lose interest in whatever you're doing. And at that point, you could set a timer or set it in some type of a schedule or day planner where 50 minutes up, you get up. And it is at that time where you set up the next 15 minutes of whatever you're going to do. It could be a phone call to a colleague. It could be a conversation with an adult in the house. It could be going down to get your healthy snack. And remember, throughout your day, you want to plan healthy meals. And we'll get into kind of that aspect uh, when we start talking about the physical component. Scheduling a short 15-minute talk with a colleague will definitely change your mood for the rest of the day. Even things like completing the dishes, throwing in the laundry, those often tend to be stressors at the end of the day. If you chip away at them throughout your day, at the end of the day, there's no guilt, there's no stress, it's been done. And quite often, these things can be done by automated devices. You know, your dishwasher is going to wash, you just have to load it. Your laundry is going to be done by the end of the day. Putting in these breaks every 50 minutes, 15 minutes of some type of conversation, activity, and we'll, we'll talk about the activity component, and just scheduling that throughout your day is key. 
Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Because when this, when we first started going through a lot of this working from home, I just kind of just started going. I would forget some days to even have lunch. I started saying, okay, no, I'm definitely going to start booking an hour lunch just to, to reset, have no computer screen, iPad, tablet, phone in front of my face and just kind of debrief for a bit. And I noticed a big difference once I started doing that. And I do that religiously. I don't ever miss that lunch break. So I agree with the schedule, how that's key and not just waking up and just kind of just going by the seat of your pants. It's really important to have a schedule. Chris, you said it made you feel different. How? It just gave me more energy. And I felt like I was clear after I came back. I guess you just get caught and you think you're clear all day. But after having that lunch and just getting taking that reset and really not having a screen in front of my face. I just found clear when I came back and had more energy. I also found I didn't have to have coffee in the afternoon. I just was like, wait a sec. I'm not yawning here in the afternoon and I'm not having to have coffee as much. I related it back to, I think it's probably that hour reset versus just sitting here and just going through the whole day with it. So it was just interesting. Well, what's interesting, like when you, when you sit down and you start talking to like a high performance professionals, they plan their entire day. And listen, you don't have to plan every minute, but even just like, just roundabout blocks. Like, okay, this, this 50 minutes, I'm going to do my work on this project. I'm going to take a 15 minute break. We're going to have a snack. Then I'm going to go back. And then my next 15 minute break, I'm actually going to lay down a yoga mat and do a stretch. Okay. The next 15 minutes, you go back to your work and you do what you need to do. And then you set your next break. And it could be anything from like deep breathing to some of us were spiritual and we pray meditation, a quick nap, whatever it is to kind of break that routine. It's an amazing kind of a positive spin is this has never happened in society. We have to look at it for what it is and start implementing those things. You're at home, you're in a relaxed environment. You don't have to be stressed and you start to kind of take back your own schedule, I think is what's key. So let me ask you this, Elias, because I found this interesting reading a couple articles in regards to clothing and the power of it. Since a lot of people, you can tell by some of the Zoom meetings, are pretty relaxed in some of their clothing picks and some people not even getting out of their pajamas we've been hearing quite regularly. Do you feel that there's quite a bit of power around people changing their clothes and not just staying in pajamas or if they have meetings and things like that just staying in these really comfy clothes yes i totally agree i call i call it the superman effect when superman wants to be superman what does he do he gets into his uh, tight leotards right same kind of concept you got to be prepared for whatever you're going to do being in your yoga pants to take a meeting you know it's there's something psychological about it get ready for that meeting and then you know in a couple of hours when it's done dress down and be in your comfies. I do think it, it helps with mindset. That's for sure. I read this quick thing. It was from the journal of social psychology and it was a study done in 2012 and it explains this term I haven't heard before called enclosed cognition. What that basically is, is just that how clothes can influence our psychological processes. And the experiment, which I found was interesting is they just had people come in and they gave them a white coat. Yeah. And they, for some people, they said, this is a painter's coat. And yeah. they had them go do a bunch of tests and activities. And then for the next group, they said, this is a lab coat. Go through the activities and everything else again. And for the third group, they said, this is a doctor's coat. Now keep in mind, this is the same coat. You're just, yeah. you're just labeling it different. 
and it came back that as they went down from painter to lab to doctor, that their selective attention levels went up on their perceived perception of what the coat was for. So I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. I agree. I start my day off with a shower, even though I know I'm not going to be anywhere because that's my, that's my hardwired routine to turn myself on. And we have these subconscious routines that we do to kind of demarcate what we're doing next. I wake up, I shower, I shave, I'm ready to go to work. And then I come down, I dress down to my uh, comfy clothes and I'm ready to like stretch. There There is definitely an element that's connected here. One of the other things I want us to kind of eventually get into is just the power of being outside. Not enough people are embracing just going for a walk or going outside for their mental health. I think there's such impactful ways of changing your mental state by just going outside, the fresh air and seeing the plants. Now you're talking about how clothes make the mindset and we're talking about getting outside and being with nature. What about the place you're working in the home? Yeah, I uh, definitely think your workspace is key. You're going to have to work with what you have. There's a big group of the population that lives in a 800 square foot condo with not many places to kind of hide and kind of set up an office. Some of us are in basements, which I don't think are healthy. Others are on their kitchen table. I I think in this kind of state, you have to do what what you have. And second of all is you definitely want to pick a space that's positive. You're not going to do it on your bed. Your bed is for sleep. And, And I would really highly recommend to keep your bed sacred for just sleeping. You shouldn't sprawl all your paperwork on the bed. But getting yourself out of the basement, getting yourself to a window, an environment that's positive and makes you happy is key because you are going to be still working. People are going to be working for eight hours a day still, if not more. So choose your space wisely is what I say. A couple of things I've been doing is just simple things like I have a home office and I worked out of it before, but obviously I've been working out of a lot more now and making it more comfortable. So just simple things like on Pinterest, looking at different home offices and how some people have them set up really cool and bright, not as cluttered, the simple things like those standing desks that you can get off Amazon or Kijiji and looking at getting one of those and just investing in a good office chair as well. Like just little things I had never really thought of until I started putting a whole bunch of hours in here, just making the office more pleasant to work in. Like we're going to, I'm going to be painting. I didn't even realize this for a whiteboard. They just have paint. You can paint an entire wall, one wall in your home office. That's now a whiteboard, which I thought was a really cool idea. I've just been looking at some ideas to just kind of make it a new and more exciting environment for me since I'm going to be spending more and more time here. I saw a stat that they said that even in the US, they expect even after this, this whole thing that we're going through right now, they expect 42% of the population will still be working from home going forward. And you're hearing a lot of businesses talk about the benefits that they didn't realize until they were forced to have employees work from home, that now some of these companies are saying, well, you know what, we're still going to have some of our, our, our staff members start working from home even after this. That's really important just to make sure that you really have a work environment dedicated in your home. You've got it set up properly. You're getting up and moving, not just sitting for eight hours and also just having assigned hours for, which I, this I know is very important for your family. My kids, they initially, it was like, oh, daddy's home. So they'd come knock on the door and do things that were cute and I loved. 
but it started, started to get excessive, especially on the rainy days when they were bored. So now they know at noon, I have my hour lunch and we can hang out and they know at four o'clock that I will finish. And my oldest daughter, literally if I'm, it's 4.03, she's standing outside my office door. It's, it's glass so I can see and she's tapping her watch. So yeah. It, what, what I also find interesting, and these are conversations I've had with patients over the last eight weeks, is patients really, uh, my clients and my patients really think that they are getting closer to what we call work-life balance. Uh, one of my clients said to me, I don't drive two hours a day. I've taken that two hours and I've put it into my yoga practice and I feel more energized and I have a clear mind and I've actually, my productivity has gone up. She claims by 80% where in an office environment, she was continuously being interrupted. So her focus has, has gotten more sharper and she writes really technical papers. I definitely think to make this into a positive, we can get closer to what we call work-life balance. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I've had a couple clients tell me, Chris, I am not going back. And I'm, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? They go, I was commuting an hour and a half each day, each way, three hours a day in that car. And I just got numb to it and got used to it. Now that I've had this reset or this forced time out, there's, I'm not going back. And it's just been really interesting, some of those conversations. So uh, I totally agree. How about the discipline question here, though? Yes, you, you're not in, sitting in the car anymore and you've got the time at home. And right now it works for you. You do your yoga, you do uh, walking or whatever. Will people continue to do this? That's a good question, Patrice. I think people have to embrace this change as first as a positive change. They have to, I think they have to put in place very strategic positive kind of behavior because it, it is a hard right turn here you know and we're, we're asking people to look at it in a different way and we know humans humans do not like change and different and out of their comfort zone i think those who see this as an opportunity will definitely uh, succeed as they move forward and will really embrace kind of the change. And there will be a small portion that Simon Sinek says, those are the ones that, that you can't change. And it's a small percentage. Um, I definitely think that this is a good thing as we move forward. Elias, for my listeners, what are some staples that they should be taking on a regular basis? And I mean by like that, of course, we know water and people know vegetables and things like that but is there any tips that you can give them on such things like multivitamin is a must this is a must or or some tips in regards to stuff they could supplement or vitamins they should be taking obviously i want to preface by saying definitely they should all go and visit their favorite medical doctor naturopathic doctor nutritionist whoever helps them with their health to be specific with their plan and their protocol and and milligram dose that they need to be on but I did a quick short list. I, I, I don't like to overwhelm my clients with big lists, but I put four things on the list and these would be the four I'd say, make sure they're in your cupboards at home. First one I said was a good balanced multivitamin, good reputable multivitamin. Vitamin C is the second one. I think everybody should have some type of vitamin C in their plan. A good protein powder. Now, it could be a vegan-based protein powder or a whey-based protein powder. There's so many good products on the market. You just have to find the one you like, 
you like the flavor, and you're going to continue using. And the last one, because we are moving to a more home-based kind of lifestyle, vitamin D. Vitamin D is critical. We test vitamin D pretty regularly with our patients, and I have found 90% of our clients and our patients have a vitamin D deficiency. Vitamin D is one of those things, and we know vitamin D is the sunshine vitamin. Vitamin D is, the, is, is not just a vitamin, it's actually a hormone in the body and can influence hormones. So vitamin D is one of those key things. Get your naturopath or your doctor to test your vitamin D, determine what your levels are, and then complement and supplement with it. That would be my take care package that I would tell callers to think about. I remember years ago, you had told me that. And to make it easy, I was like, oh, I don't want to be taking this stuff all throughout the day just because of being busy. So a long time ago, you gave me the advice of just putting all of this in a smoothie Today, I still do that and just beat the heck out of my little bullet and do that every morning. So that's how I can get it all first thing to start the day. So do you recommend, obviously, that it can yeah. be simple. It doesn't have to be like you're carrying a pill pack around with you or anything like that. You don't want to complicate things. We already have a, a million things on our list that we have to accomplish. My strategy is simple. Keep, keep it simple. Take it at breakfast take it at dinner, you're good to go. You don't have to take it three times a day on an empty stomach then with food. That just complicates the situation. A lot of uh, high performance professionals do the one time a day, they're done. And you take the guilt out of not doing it throughout the rest of your day. That's vitamins and the protein powder. But what should we be eating? Good question, Patrice. I always say your food should be heavily vegetable weighted. What I say to my patients is, you know, make sure 80% of your food is high vegetable content. And you could prepare your vegetables cooked, raw, broiled, boiled, steamed, any way you like. And then the other 20% should be the other stuff you enjoy. You know, some fruit, some uh, lean proteins, fish, chicken, turkey. I'm finding a lot of our uh, our clients are are moving to like a little bit more exotic meat-based foods like game meat and so forth. You want 80% of your meal to be a vegetable-based food. And in that vegetable kind of uh, category, I encourage sweet potatoes, which are carbs, but I still consider like a vegetable, sweet potato, the squashes, the pumpkins, white potatoes to kind of complement and give you a little bit more substance. Yeah, definitely a lot to go through. I almost have to get you on for another episode down the road, Elias, because of we could talk for quite a while about this and even just for the different age categories. And I'll tell you at home, we shifted to a uh, heavy plant-based diet. We still integrate um, proteins like meat-based proteins, but a little bit more sporadic. And I've noticed our kids aren't hitting peaks and valleys because we're not using simple sugars. They're a lot more balanced in their, um, in their mood. They're healthier. And I, I just think you're sitting at home. You don't want to put calories into your body that will definitely end up in weight gain. Choosing these kinds of foods are, are uh, safer. I had one client, I asked him, I go, how are things going? He goes, everything's good, except the house just keeps getting smaller because I keep walking by the pantry and he goes, it's so much easier to snack. And he goes, I need to fill it with just nuts and seeds or something more, more healthy because he goes, I can't believe how much more I'm snacking. That's where a planned day actually helps you out. 
I'm working with my client for 50 minutes. I'm going to take a, a five minute, a 15 minute break. I'm going to have my snack and then I go back and do my work and then I'll do my exercise. I'll tell you a, a, an interesting story. I've heard this many times with the clients that I've been working with. They've actually lost weight by staying home. And I'm sure you may have some stories like this. I had this one client who depended on sugary liquid drinks and you'll be surprised how six Cokes in a day can increase your weight. So she ended up staying home now doing home cooked meals three times a day. She lost 20 pounds. Wow. So instead of being 20 pounds, just cooking home cooked meals. And she thought I'm just drinking a sugary drink. There's no calories. There's a lot of calories in a, in a, in a Coke and a Sprite and those kind of drinks. She's like, this is great. This is what I've always wanted to achieve. And I did. And and she's going to keep it this way. What movement is best at home? You've got your food that you're eating while you're taking your vitamins. What movement is best to keep your body active? The cheapest, the easiest, and the most universal movement is walking. I always tell patients to start to walk, take your family out. Uh, I think there's something very universal human nature about it. I say you don't have to invest in anything, walk, and then brisk walk, and then eventually run. For some people, this might not be a choice, but I think that's where I would say, you know, walk, brisk walk, and eventually jog or run. That's where I would say start. Yeah, I read an article the other day that dumbbells are the new toilet paper because uh, uh, on uh, in-home gym systems, the sales have gone up 170%. I know my one of my sons was trying to find some equipment when he found out he would be working from home. And by the time he got online, yeah, nothing was available. All gone. Yeah. Everybody's on Instagram and uh, there's so much resources on Instagram to yeah. use your body as your weight. And if walking doesn't interest you, then you can start doing calisthenics. Use your body to push up, sit-ups, whatever it is that you want to do. So there's a lot of resources online. There's so much here we can talk about. This is just kind of scratching the surface. Definitely some good insight here and tips. So I really appreciate Elias, you coming on the show and sharing all of this with us. Thank you guys. And if you don't mind, there's on my DrEliasMarcou.com, there's a 24 hour detox guide that pretty much has divided the day up in the 24 hour day as to when to eat, when to snack, when to uh, be active, when to do yoga. And it might be a great guide for listeners. And there's obviously some resources on our uh, mypurebalance.ca, which is our clinic site. So hopefully uh, these few resources can help. Perfect. Well, thanks. I'll definitely check that out for sure. And it's definitely time to get moving. Sounds like that. Eat well, move well, people. Thank you, Dr. Mark Koo. And by the way, that is M-A-R-K-O-U and Chris DeRoe of Three Hats Financial. To subscribe to additional episodes of The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth, tap the subscribe button. And to share with friends and colleagues, of course, use the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of IPC Investment Corporation. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. 
always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.